and welcome. It's Mark and it's Trucking Answers, the trucking podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to to figure out what they are going to talk about. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who's very orange and looking at me. What do you want, Gracie's? What's going on? Okay, so she will be here to input her opinions and everything else into the show today. We have a great show coming up. It's got some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason why we're not on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people living on this planet. And it seems every day they you know, multiply and uh, there's less and less of us. And so the more of them there are, the more it costs us. We have to feed them dry cheese sandwiches and, uh, you know, give them other services. And uh, it's just a problem. And so we can't use our money to get to Mars like we should be. We should be living there. Beautiful red planet, a lot of room, space to grow, you know, stuff like that. So that's what we're doing today. So uh, let's uh, get right to it. So people say, hey, Mark, you know, you talk about other things. Yeah, you know, here's the thing about a podcast. You can talk about a lot of things that you can't talk about on YouTube. For those of you that don't know, there's also a companion YouTube channel to this at Trucking Answers. And YouTube has, uh, you know, a lot of policies because it's not your platform, uh, pretty much. You're just putting your videos and uh, stuff on there. And so they have a lot of, uh, you know, might be uh, considered progressive policies, as we might say. Where you can't say this, we don't want to offend this person, we don't want to offend that person. We don't have that problem on podcasting, so I get to talk about other things. You know, a lot of trucking, but some other things that are in the news, things that are on my mind. I pay for this podcasting, people don't know that. Podcasting uh, is not really free to host. If it's free, then there's ads, okay? So there's a lot of ads, so... Here I pay for this podcast hosting, and uh, you know, if you've ever listened to Joe Rogan or a lot of other podcasts, you can pretty much say anything you want on the podcast without the podcasting company coming back and saying, oh, well, you know, you can't say that because you're friend of people. You uh, pay for the space, you put out what you want. So you can say, you know, what you want, a lot of stuff that you could not say on YouTube. So uh, that's why we're doing this podcast, and uh, there we go. Of course, I think we have to talk about Pam buying Metropolitan. And uh, Metropolitan is a company that I've recommended for people for some time. It's a relatively good company out there, although we're going to get into that in a minute. Not about Metropolitan, but just in the industry in general. So Pam goes and buys this place. And look, they're based in New York, right? And they run a lot of East. They run East. They just do. So if you live there, though, that's a a good place to get out to. To go because you need to get home, that kind of thing. You know, where other places don't go there as much but a lot of drivers don't like going east uh, i'm being one of them and you know that okay so as an aside right that's the other thing a lot of podcasts i've been listening to are put out by trucking companies that are putting out their propaganda i mean information about their company and uh, they'll feature a driver on there whatever but they aren't run by drivers i'm a driver like everybody else okay go to work every day you know put my pants on one leg at a time as people say but you know i'm a truck driver i've been for you know since 1988 so uh, that's the story here. but uh, So that was a tangent I went off on right there. And uh, we're back on the regular road. When a company buys another company, and I don't care that it's Pam, uh, you know, any place, you know, that buys a place, eventually, I think, and I think we all think this, everything's going to change there. It can't be the same. It doesn't make sense long term to run it as a separate place. You know, the biggest change that I saw lately what that I felt was going to happen was going to be where Heartland bought Smith. OK, 
Okay, Smith from Roaring Springs. I like saying that. Smith runs these beautiful black and chrome trucks. You know, a lot of long nose uh, Pete's trucks you don't get at other companies. And it's a big draw. People that write to me love those trucks. And they're great looking trucks. And if you're not buying the fuel for them, I'm all for it, right? <laughs> you know, but I don't have to buy. And, you know, people are still getting relatively good fuel match with them, too. But I just don't see Heartland buying those trucks when these trucks have to be turned in. Now, somebody wrote to me and said, well, Mark, Mark, they're going to, are they going to get rid of my truck or whatever way? No way. Okay. Some, there are people that just got a new truck there, whatever. So uh, there's no way. They can't even get trucks as it is. And so I'd keep the trucks, but I don't imagine you're going to get another truck like that there. Maybe, but I'd be surprised. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense for them to do it. And here, Pam, okay, goes and buys Metropolitan. Because Metropolitan has good numbers. They have a low turnover rate. And, uh, you know, they have happier drivers. Why is that? Well, they're a better place than Pam. And so it looks good. And so they buy it, of course. But what's going to happen? What is going to happen? Well, if you have, uh, like, something that's floating and you tie a brick to it, what do you think happens to it? Okay, it sinks. <laughs> and in my opinion, that's what's going to happen here. Stuff over time certainly will change. You're going to become a Pam employee. And an astute viewer wrote to me and said that they're going to call this Met Express. They're going to change the name of it. That's interesting. Met Express. He said uh, that he felt like they were going to compete with U.S. Express that way. All right. That's pretty interesting. That's a possibility. Certainly. Change the name. It might say even on the truck operated by Pam Transport, something like that. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep running it completely separately using their own DOT number and everything like that. I don't know. I know this. That over time, it's going to change. It has to change. They have to absorb it. Otherwise, it just eventually becomes too much of a cost sink. The idea is, you know, you can economies of scale. So you, if you're running two trucks into the same place, you're not going to have two separate dispatchers for that area. You're not going to have two separate shops that are a mile apart, that kind of thing. It's not going to do that. And so for drivers, you're going to have PAM policies. There's not going to be a different kind of setup for running uh, Met Express versus, you know, Pam. You're going to work for Pam. And so, in my opinion, everybody that works at Metropolitan should be ready. I wouldn't quit today, all right, because certainly nothing's going to change immediately. It takes time for this to go through. You don't just write a 70 some $80 million check, whatever it was. But once they start changing stuff, man, bail out of there. You know, just bail. Just bail. Because look, <laughs> who, who wants to work for Pam? Well, let's be honest about that. Nobody. How many experienced drivers go to work for Pam when they're calling around? Do you think they call Pam? All right, it's got to be so few in a single percentage of the of every hundred people that they get. It's got to be only a couple are experienced drivers, and I don't know what's even happening with them. I think maybe those people have been in a, tr a traumatic car accident at some point in their life, and so they're not thinking straight. Because, you know, really most of these mega carriers do not get any experienced drivers and for good reason, for very good reason. You know, now we're going from a place that has 300 trucks to a place that has thousands of trucks, Met Express. You'll be part of a big group of things. I hope people will continue to write to me and say, hey, Mark, this is what's happening now. This is what's going on now. As I want to follow this around, same with uh, Smith and Heartland. Uh, you know, they bought Millis and I haven't seen a lot of changes in Millis. I did get a letter about that. Uh, you know, and this is another thing, you know, I've been recommending, you know, tacitly recommending Millis as, you know, better than Heartland. But here we go. Get this letter and say, hey, here's some insider information. Some of the, apparently some of the stops 
do not pay detention time. Okay, you get detention, but after an hour, which I hate, I just hate it that way. But then some don't pay it at all. And some have a 90-minute wait. Why is that? Why is that, trucking companies? And you know what they usually say? Well, Mark, we don't get paid there. Oh, well, you know what? I don't give a crap if you get paid there. How about that? Who gives a flying crap about that? I always go back to the 14-year-old that works at Burger King. Okay, and in Indiana in the summer, 14-year-olds can work at Burger King. So that 14-year-old gets paid for their time. And I think you should ask your company to say, hey, I want to at least get the same respect as a 14-year-old at Burger King. Is that possible? And they'll be like, oh, well, absolutely. You know, we love our drivers. or We're family, like some of them say, which is a bunch of hooey. Okay. Uh, but that 14-year-old get paid. Say there's nobody that comes in for an hour to a Burger King. I don't know if that ever happens. But, uh, you know, for some reason, people don't come in for an hour. Do you think that people that work at that store get paid? Well, of course, they don't say, well, you know, we didn't make any money. So we're not paying you. That's what trucking companies are kind of, uh, you know, insinuating. That's too bad. They still get paid. If I'm there, I get paid. I can't say, well, you got to sit at this customer because we're so stupid. We can't get a deal with them. We had to lower our rates so much and agree to no detention time that we're not going to pay you. That's crap. That's crap. That's why the whole over the road system has gone down the toilet. Okay, because of this kind of garbage. This would not have happened in 1970. 1972, let's put it that way, as it does in 2022. Right, when you went somewhere, you would have gotten paid. And you would have been paid better than the general public. But this kind of sitting around, and the company's like, well, you know, we have to compete. Or and look, don't take work that doesn't pay you. I never understood that from a company. I don't care what company it is. What industry? Would I, well, you know, the rates are low, so we have to take work that doesn't pay anything. That's stupid. How do you stay in business <laughs> working for a place that doesn't pay you anything? Well, a place like Millis or whatever would stay in business because they're making it on the rate and they can just have you sit there and not make anything. So don't have to pay you anything. Awesome. At some customers, apparently. Some pay, some don't pay. That's redonkulous. Okay. And I don't like it. And it should end from that place and all places. If you're not being paid somewhere, I think you should quit because it's going to be the only solution. Getting drivers together seems to be uh, impossible to do anything. Company drivers, you know, owner operators, that's different. If you have a contract and you agree to it to not get make money, I don't understand that. But OK, you know, if you want to agree to not make money, then you have a contract. But as an employee, all right, you should get paid. It is the business's problem if they don't make money. Not mine. I don't have a deal with the shipper. If I did, I wouldn't take that load. All right, I'm going to get paid for my time or I wouldn't do it. But that's just me. That's just me in a company mindset of when I go to work, I expect to get paid. And I don't see what's wrong with that. You shouldn't feel bad for asking the company, why aren't you paying me anything to come to work? All right. Why do I have to come to work and not make any money? Did you know? Here's a fun fact about society that if you stayed home you also would not get any money but you'd be at your house <laughs> i don't know if you knew that or not okay so you can stay home and not make money this sitting around at places where they decide you know this customer that customer they don't pay this place pays after an hour now at these places we pay after two hours none of that should happen none of it should happen okay you should go to work and get paid 
And I don't actually know if this policy has a change in uh, them from when they were bought by Heartland or if it uh, has always been that way. You know, I was kind of a, saw that they had paid attention, but I didn't realize that some places don't always pay attention. This is the problem with these places. This is the problem. There's always something. It seems good on the outside, but you know what? There's always something, always something in the background that is a problem like this. Well, oh, wait a minute. Okay, well, you go there, you don't get paid. And I don't know if that's in the driver manual. That's interesting. You know what? They should list it in there. That's interesting. That's what I should write back to that person today. I will. Okay, that's a good idea. What does the driver manual say about detention pay? Because that's how you're going to get paid. I'll tell you this. If it doesn't say anything about where you can go to a place and not get paid anything, you need to go file with the state and say, I'm not being paid. And I still think everybody should do that when they come to work and don't get paid anything. I would really like to see that happen where people come in every time you do not get paid, you make, you file a claim with the state at every driver every time. But I know people just aren't going to do it. They'd rather just complain about not getting paid than actually do something about not getting paid. That's, that's why there's all this time that people aren't paid for. Very few people are willing to do anything about it. And so it's going to have to continue like that. But at least we can get the word out to possibly some new people don't have to get stuck at the time of some of these places. Sam Sara, who seems to work every day at making trucking worse for drivers, has just thought of another way to decrease how great driving could be. They're like, what can we do at our company to make driving even worse for people? Is there some way to do it? And doggone it. They figured a way out. They have what's called in-cab nudges coming out. So we all know Samsara as the, uh, you know, their technology company. They do a lot of stuff. But one of the things they have are driver-facing cameras. And they face out and in, uh, to be honest with you. When the camera determines you've done something unsafe, it sends a message to your boss. And uh, then you get coached, as they say, coached. Generally by somebody at the company that does not know how to drive and is legally prohibited from driving. And don't ever be afraid to tell them that. If I was ever coached by somebody like that, I would say, oh, before we do this, I want to be clear that you are legally prohibited from doing my job. Is that correct? Now, you should say that to them. Okay. Make sure they understand that they're not even allowed to do your job, much less coach you on it. So here's the thing. What these in-cab nudges are is a camera not a person, okay, not even a person looks at this. The camera determines if you're doing something unsafe or risky, as it's called, risky behavior. And uh, it allows drivers to self-correct the behavior after receiving an in-cab alert. So the camera, and I don't actually know if it just alerts you with like a light and a sound or if it actually says what your risky behavior it is, you know, with some disembodied computer voice, you are driving over the line, something like that. I don't know. But if you cease the unsafe behavior and can get your safety score back up, you will avoid potential coaching. Isn't that nice? Because as you drive around, it gives you a safety score. So it starts out at like 100 or whatever. And then, you know, you lose points for this, points for that. And then over time, you get points back. And you maintain a safety score. So 
these nudges are going to give you the opportunity so you don't have to be coached by somebody that doesn't drive. This kind of technology, right, is just terrible in the industry, in my opinion. I went decades, many decades, right, of driving without a ticket or an accident, as many of you have. And now suddenly companies are like, oh, well, let's install cameras to watch you because you might do risky, unsafe behavior. I'll tell you what, generally the person coaching me, if that were to happen, would be somebody that does not have a good a record as me. The average person interacts with the police every seven years. Okay, every seven years. So mostly, and that's something, if you have a very good record, that's something you should ask whoever is trying to coach you as well. Coach, I have coach in air quotes here. Hey, what's your driving record? Do you have any tickets or accidents? Because that kind of thing is important. Okay, these companies, companies think, think they're making the road safer by getting these cameras and stuff. Why don't they just hire safe drivers? How about that? If you didn't pay 30 crap and five cents a mile or whatever they're paying on the road for some of these places, maybe you'd get better drivers. You're not going to attract good drivers with low pay. Okay, I don't have to tolerate that kind of low pay. And any kind of driver with a decent driving record doesn't have to tolerate that kind of pay. Six figures is where it's at. And if companies can't come up to that to meet that, then you can move on. So rather than doing that, they put all this money into these technologies, as uh, they're called. And I love, I love this part of the article. They highlight a company, Samsara does, called Liberty Energy. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty Energy. And they said at first, uh, let's see, they deployed the cameras in the cabs of their trucks. Despite initial resistance, drivers came to appreciate the video camera systems because the recordings could exonerate them. This is always the garbage line that these camera companies put out. Oh, it can exonerate you in a crash. You know what? They can install dash cams in each truck that could exonerate drivers and crashes too without having all this nudges in technology. And this goober head that works there, the safety, health, and environmental manager of the place says, we were hesitant to implement it, but the drivers told us that's what they wanted. Ha! That is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. There's no company where the drivers say, hey, please put a driver-facing camera in this truck. I just can't wait to be watched. All right, I just, this is just, that doesn't happen. So this whole thing, this is no way the drivers say that. The company could easily just install dash cams, which you, drivers, should install yourself. You should have your own dash cam running in the truck all the time. Why? To exonerate you in a crash. And you know what? It doesn't have to look at you all the time. How about that? My dash cam has a driver-facing component of it, and I keep that part turned off. But with a flick of a button, you can turn it on. And that I have that just in case an officer comes to talk to me. Because while he's sitting there, if he came up to the step or was sitting in the truck talking to you, you could record that whole conversation. Then you have exactly what was said, what you said, what they said. There's no he said, he said on it. There's what the camera saw. All right. And I also use the one in the car for Uber whenever I Uber, which I haven't in a while. But if I was to Uber, always always in cab facing camera why to protect me because someone could make an accusation against you that is untrue and you could go grab the video and go oh here's really what happened in the car but to just watch you like uh, you don't know what you're doing is ridiculous and to say oh th we were hesitant to implement this but the drivers told us that's what they wanted that is garbage that's complete garbage 
All right. You know, and they talk about, oh, the company, you know, they, they have remote access where you can remotely access it. It's right in here in the ad. And it's basically an ad. OK, it's a sponsored article. But look, when companies say, oh, we can't watch this or whatever right here. They allow remote administrators to easily view and control the device from any location. Okay, so they can watch you anytime they want. It's right in here. So if your company is telling you we can't watch you live, that's a complete lie. They can all watch you live. It's in their ads. It's on their web pages. It's in their sales brochures. Complete, complete lie. Tell them they're lying. They're lying to your face, and you don't like it. And, you know, uh, this kind of thing. Look, stand up for yourself, all right? What are they going to do to you? I'm going to fire you. Okay, fine. So leave. Say, fine. Okay, I'm leaving then. You know, I don't understand. I mean, look, this kind, these kind of technologies are, are just terrible. I don't like them, these driver-facing cameras. And to say, I just can't believe that a company would stand there with a straight face and say, well, you know, the drivers begged us to put them in. Please watch me all day. Please monitor what I'm doing. I just can't believe it. It's going to exonerate me in an accident. A simple dash cam that is not connected back to your company would do the same thing. So why don't you ask the company why they didn't put that in there? Why don't you just give us all a dash cam and put those in the trucks? Right. They don't want to do that because they can't watch you live on that camera, can they? No, they can't. And so they don't want to do it. All this Samsara and all this is all the downfall of uh, the good days of trucking. Stevens Transports wants transport. Stevens Transport wants an exemption from the FMCSA. To allow people that have passed all the tests but have not yet received their license to drive in a team capacity, as it says, so that the license holder does not have to be in the passenger seat while the permit holder is driving. Now, this, I don't agree with it, but this exemption has been granted to other companies like CRST, among others. So, the FMCSA is likely to grant it. Stevens cries about, oh, well, we're, you know, this is not helping the supply chain and it's not a productive way to use drivers our drivers are just not productive how about this stevens why don't you go hire a bunch of experienced drivers that already have a license all right because you can't because nobody will work there that is an experienced driver unless they're training they're already there and they stay on two or three months to become a trainer i don't know how long it takes to be a trainer there because stevens won't answer my questions all right so i don't actually know how long it is to be a trainer not long enough i'm sure or at least not long enough for me to satisfy what I think it should be. But they won't answer my question, so uh, I don't know how long it is. Either way, they want this exemption. And, uh, you know, it's kind of... Uh, the person has passed all the things. All they have to do, it's really just a paperwork thing to go down to the license branch and get your license, really. So, you know, I'm not super opposed to it or anything, other than the fact that they're just going to be using these people the way they've already been used. And I don't care what Steven says or anybody else. I get tons. I've had literally probably a thousand letters over the few years of doing trucking answers of people that are being used by companies where as soon as they get in the truck permit or license the driver uh, trainer uh, you know in quotes goes in the sleeper and that person drives all night generally they use that person as a night driver and then the driver the regular driver drives during the day and they use that person just to drive. They don't let them back up or anything. And this happens at all places. All these places that do training, this constantly happens. It's a problem in the industry that the companies don't care about because they get freight moved. That's all they care about. As long as they get their freight moved, what do they care? You're getting some experience, some. And, you know, they're getting freight moved. You leave the industry. They just got 10 more people behind you to come right in and take your seat. So 
None of them seem to care too much about that. And this exemption from the FMCSA, since it's already been granted to other companies, will likely get granted to Stevens. I don't see why it wouldn't be granted to Stevens. You can go on there and make comments. I don't think it'll do much good because other companies have gotten the same exemption and it won't stop any of these places from training people. You know what I do wish? Another thing that I wish, like I wished in the in the YouTube video, is that Stevens would answer my questions. <laughs> and just as simple as that. Hey, I have a few questions. Would you answer them? But uh, they refuse to do that. Or you know, I don't know about refuse, but they haven't done that. They've never answered the questions that I've sent to them. So uh, there you go. That's the story with uh, the exemption. They're going to get it. They're going to get the exemption. And there'll be more uh, very minimally experienced drivers on the road. And I understand. Look, Mark, people have to start somewhere. I get it. People have to start somewhere. But if you're going to go out there and put yourself out as a company that has trainers, then those trainers should do their job and train people. All right. That's what I'm saying. Those tr people should go out and train people. You know, and as I say, right, when I started driving, there wasn't really training. There was a few places doing it. Not like today. I just went to work. All right. So I never had really any formal training other than a couple of weeks of truck school. And I went to work right then. That next Monday, I was first thing, first in the morning at work there you know, working. So that's how it used to be. And I don't know if there were less or more accidents then. It'd be interesting to look that up, wouldn't it? So this goofball from Congress, and I don't actually remember who it was from Congress, drove from Michigan to D.C. and made a comment that, oh, you know, I didn't have to stop at a gas station all the way down here. People are stopping at gas stations and I didn't have to stop. Why? Because they have an electric car. Isn't that great? I will say Tesla is one of the most American cars sold in the United States, which I do like that part of it. But uh, they commented, and then it was on, uh, I don't remember who was on, because I don't have satellite in that one, so one of the shows was talking about, oh, you know, see, they didn't stop, that the, they were talking about like the, the person had lied that they drove all the way down there without stopping, and what they said is they didn't stop at a gas station. Alright, that's different than not stopping. And where's all this going? Well, I just read an article from a person who took their Rivian, which is a pickup truck at the moment. They're going to have an SUV out. And they drove from San Francisco to Tucson and back around 2,000 miles. But instead of just driving, they documented all their charging time. All right. And that's interesting. And what we found here is that it took 19 charging times to charge round trip. And they actually had eight more times that they stopped and the chargers weren't working. So they, in fact, stopped 27 times to charge to go 2,000 miles. The average stop was 24 minutes. That is 7.6 hours of charging. All right. Over seven and a half hours of charging time to round trip this 2,000 miles. And I was thinking, wow. How much would I need to stop in the escape? Probably five times. Because it would take me around 66 gallons of gas to do that. And I could do that. I can name that in five stops. Maybe six. And what? Ten minutes to stop? Fifty minutes of charge time. So this is the one cost uh, that people don't talk about. It's time. All right, you've wasted, since it would take me 50 minutes, they've wasted almost seven extra hours stopping and charging and they didn't count the time when they stopped and couldn't charge because of ev go and electrify america problems of which they are documented and there are many <clears throat> but here's another interesting fact maybe the most interesting fact about this this is what um, 
you know, a progressive environmentalist don't ever talk about. They posted how much power the truck used. That's how much energy that they used to round trip 2,000 miles. 999 kilowatts. All right, nearly a megawatt of power. Now, listen. You say, well, Mark, how much is 999 kilowatts? I don't understand. My light bulb's a 100-watt bulb. All right, let me tell you. That truck used 999 kilowatts. The average household in the United States uses 887 kilowatts a month. So they used more energy just to drive to Tucson and back than an entire household uses in 30 days. All right, it takes the average household nearly 40 days to use that much power. That's how much energy electric vehicles take. And that's what people don't talk about. If everybody switched over to electric, we're not making near enough energy to power all the vehicles and all the miles traveled in the United States. It's just not possible to do. And they had the screenshot of all these different uh, things. And that's the screen right on the vehicle and how much power it actually used to go down there and back. And that, my friends, is incredible. Okay, to use that much energy for a simple trip is unbelievable. Plus, you took an extra seven hours. They didn't post how much it cost, which they should have, because that's an interesting factor in, you know, the difference. It's not, energy isn't free. Okay, and so the cost, it isn't like you went round trip that for free. You'd ver subtract that from what it would have cost to run a gas car down there. I remember, the Rivian pickup truck is not cheap either. They start at $67,500 and go up from there. Now, that is in the price range of a, you know, a slightly higher end pickup truck that people buy today. But it isn't like that's a replacement for what could be a commuter car. Certainly for me, look, my Sonic's paid for, like I keep saying, right? Okay, so am I better off buying an electric pickup truck to uh, replace my paid for Sonic that gets 37 miles to the gallon? All right, I don't think so. <laughs> and I certainly don't think, I, I, I would never save uh, enough money because I got to pay for that pickup truck. So, there's no way it makes sense for most people to change over. But the amount of energy that it used, which I, was, I thought was the most incredible part of that, way more than the average household uses in an entire month. They use just to drive this thing down the road on a simple trip. And if you think you can replace all the cars and make all that kind of energy, where do you think that energy comes from? Do you think it comes from the energy ferries? It doesn't. Okay, mostly coal. <laughs> all right, so... You better get all these coal plants and everything cranking uh, the power out if you expect to run all these. Power well, Mark, what about solar? You can't you can't come close to producing the amount of solar you would need to run all these electric cars all over the place at the moment. OK, you just couldn't do it. So uh, it's mostly from coal. There's a lot of nuclear in it, too, uh, and nuclear if you're George Bush. So uh, but there's just no way. Nine hundred ninety nine kilowatts. Incredible. Really incredible. So Porsche has to pay or is going to pay $80 million because from for vehicles from 2005 to 2020 in the United States, because the vehicle's fuel mileage may be lower than listed on the label, the Moroni label. Well, here's the thing. And they that's funny. They said it may be one to two miles per gallon less like that's anything. All right. So 
the sticker is not necessarily a guarantee that mileage it's what the epa tests the vehicle at all right and they say they did some you know funky stuff behind the scenes to make it higher when the government tested it so that they get a different number on the sticker because people people look at that number and they think like that's going to be gospel and it isn't it depends how you drive your driving habits how you maintain your vehicle how much air is in your tires there's a lot of things that go into fuel mileage like i get 37 with the sonic on the highway it's rated 25 35 i beat the sticker okay the escapes rated 21 27 on the highway i get 32 33 out of that thing and in town, I can squeeze 22 out of it in town. Usually a little less, though. If there's a lot of red lights, it'll go in the 17 range in town, maybe. But the sticker is just, you know, for comparison, kind of. The EPA test, The EPA test. if you ever watch a video about it, which is pretty interesting, it's not anywhere near how people actually drive, okay? It's just not even close to the way people drive. And so it's just a way to compare a car versus another car doing the same exact thing your mileage may vary see dealer for details as they say it's a, and really for people to get one mile per gallon less and to gripe about it oh my gosh it said 21 i'm getting 20 oh no my life is ruined my uh you know hundred twenty eight thousand dollar uh you know gt3 rs is not getting the fuel mods they said it's one mile per gallon less i'm not going to be able to afford to drive it come on I mean, this kind of thing is ridiculous. Just uh, take that those numbers on there with a grain of salt. You can usually beat the numbers. I don't have many cars in my life that I've bought where I didn't beat the actual numbers that they give you. You can beat them, but it doesn't really matter. One mile per gallon, one way or the other. Holy mackerel. Just go buy gas when you need it. Stop worrying about that. By the way, gas here today, $4.99. We're down under $5. I was out there uh, early this morning. Here we are, uh, you know, as we close it on Father's Day. So $4.99 a gallon today here in beautiful Lafayette, Indiana. Now, folks, we go to San Antonio, where we find a man living in a basement apartment that is made of cinder blocks with no windows. It's moldy down there because he's kind of close to the coast, and we can never forget about it either. Always remember San Antonio. And he's sitting there thinking, boy, I don't know what I'm doing here. And then his phone rings. He's got a phone, probably a girlfriend who put the phone on her credit. That's always how it goes. Again, ladies, if a man does not have a phone in his name, an apartment or house in his name, a car in his name, car insurance, full coverage insurance in his name, and a job that has health insurance, do not date them. Okay, how about that? Meaning they live on their own. They don't live in their mommy's basement and they're on their mommy's insurance and mommy's car plan and mommy's phone plan. Okay, they're babies. Okay, go stand on your own, man, for God's sakes, for one time in your life. All right, but aside from that, aside from that, so he gets a call from one of his uh, buds, right? One of his buds says, hey, hey, man, why don't you come over? That's an actual uh, audio of the uh, call. And uh, okay. So he's like, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, right away. And he gets out and fires up the old, uh, you know, car and heads on over there. And uh, he gets a call. It doesn't say what the call is, but he's getting a call. And so he does, of course, what you do is pick up the phone and put it to your head and make and start talking. Because that's what people do. Well, well, the police saw him doing this and pulled him over because guess what it's illegal to hold your phone in the state of texas 
okay, as in most states. So I don't know why we're not using Bluetooth, okay? Bluetooth it or just speakerphone the phone, for God's sakes. Anyhow, maybe this was an important call, probably a job offer from Jack in the Box. Or down there, maybe Whataburger. Anyways, uh, he's waiting for that dream job at the Fry Station. <laughs> so he, they pull him over, and they observe that he's nervous and sweaty. <laughs> All right? And uh, they say, can we search your car? And, of course, he says, yes, naturally, because natch, that's what the kids say. Because, hey, he's got nothing to hide except, except apparently two kilograms of meth. Ha <laughs> ha. Just that. Oh, yeah. That ain't my car, right? I love that on cops. That ain't my car. One guy, those aren't my shoes that he was wearing. Anyways, two kilograms. And by the way, why are dr illegal drugs and soda the only thing we measure in a metric system in the United States? That I don't understand. I'll take a two liter of pop and uh, two kilograms of meth and a pound of ham. So I don't understand that, but okay. So he has two keys, as they call it on the streets, because, you know, I'm from the mean streets. He's got two keys of meth in there. Well, uh, the police look through their legal uh, books, and it turns out that's illegal. Uh, they arrest him. Okay, this is a huge felony, and it may be life in prison. Okay, that's how much <laughs> meth that is. He's facing up to life in prison. Now, will he get life in prison? I don't know. They certainly take his car and his phone, ironically. Uh, but they'll seize his car and all that kind of stuff. Just look. You know, I just don't understand it. This is why we can't go to Mars. People can't even figure out how to make a phone call here without getting arrested. Plus, if you're driving around with two keys of meth in your car, hey, can you afford maybe getting a blue parrot? Okay, they have an excellent noise reduction. Because if you're going to wear it, make it a parrot. Okay, don't walk around with nothing on your head like that. Don't go out. Don't hold the phone up. That's You can't do that. Okay, you just can't do it. So what he should have done is taken some of that money and gone to Blue Parrot. Now, I don't know what he told the cops. I do see that on cops all the time. This ain't my car. Uh, those aren't my pants. I actually saw that one. Uh, that, that kind of They don't care. You're driving the car with it, meth in it. You're going to jail. So they arrest him. And now we're going to have to provide this guy with dry cheese sandwiches, maybe for years, possibly the rest of his life. But certainly for a while, you're going to it's going to be tough to get out of some kind of felony with that much. Uh, you know, you can't really say you know, personal use on two kilograms of meth. I was going to actually look up and see how much the average dose of meth a drug user would use. But then I thought, oh, that's not a great thing to look up. So I didn't look it up. Maybe if one of you want to do that, let me know. I'd appreciate it. But uh, the, the problem is, look. Drug dealers and just criminals, stupid, stupid. Because of a phone call, you're going to go to jail maybe for life. You can't even figure that out in your life. So apparently there's a basement apartment available in the San Antonio area for anybody that would want one. And probably a car coming up at a government auction in the area at the Bexar County Auction House or whatever it is down there. So uh, there you go. That is uh, what we're doing today on the old podcast thanks for listening we're gonna have more videos there was one out yesterday and there'll be one tomorrow so uh that uh, depending when you're listening to this though so tomorrow could be uh you know august of 2025 i don't know when you're listening to this so either way that's how we're doing it and we're gonna try and do a lot more stuff here thanks for being here and we'll be back soon with another podcast <laughs>